Hey everyone and welcome into the channel. In this episode, I am joined by the highest caliber of guest, Mark Passio, to discuss the nature of humans. What is human nature? What is it not? What is your true nature? And most importantly, why is that useful? Why should you care? As the Oracle of Delphi said, know thyself and you shall understand the universe and the gods. And what better way to know thyself than to understand your true nature? We're going to be getting into that in this episode and so much more, so stay tuned. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Wizard Factory podcast, where together we explore the universe through ourselves. This channel is all about giving you the tools and mindsets to live a more free and empowered life. Today I'm very excited to be joined by a special guest who really needs no introduction. His work speaks for itself, but I'll go ahead and give him one anyway. So. None other than Mark Passio is joining us today to speak on the topic of human nature. Mark Passio is an anarchist, independent researcher, public speaker, radio talk show host, conference organizer, and freedom activist from Philadelphia, PA. His work is absolutely prolific. Uh, his, he has many in-depth presentations uh, some of them 10 hours long. And I would have to say that his work has had this the single most impact on me personally than any other individual I've ever, ever studied. So those who are unfortunately unfamiliar with his work, this will be a great introduction to him, but definitely do go check out the rest of his stuff because it is very likely to be life-changing for you. He has also created a documentary film called Mark Passio and the Science of Natural Law, which I'm proud to say that I also was the composer of the soundtrack. And if you're interested in listening to that, I will put a link in the description below. But that documentary is also absolutely outstanding. In fact, arguably one of the most important films ever made. And finally, he is the creator of the One Great Work Network, which is a decentralized platform of aggregated content creators that are unified in the efforts of sharing the message of truth and freedom and the abolishment of slavery of the human race. So without further ado, welcome Mark to the show. It is a tremendous honor to have you back again. Logan, thank you so much for inviting me on. Always a pleasure. Uh, I really, really appreciate all the work that you do as part of the One Great Work Network and what you do with the Wizard Factory. So thank you so much for the invite. My pleasure. Thank you. So our topic today, as I said, is is human nature. So, you know, this is a, a very common term. You hear people kind of throwing around very flippantly uh, without really much understanding of what that word actually means or what that is as as a concept so we're going to dive really deep into that and hopefully dispel some of that confusion that's that people seem to have uh, because it's it's likely not in alignment with with the cliches and these sort of like assumptions that people make about about what human nature is 
So, uh, Mark, I, I'd love to let you start off by kind of giving a, just a basic overview of this term and kind of break it down. You know, I see it as, you know, the two words, human and nature. And so I think like looking at each of those individually and how they're put together is useful to understanding this. Without a doubt, you know, we could start with uh, a working definition. And, uh, you know, that is that a human being is uh, something that is distinct and separate from the rest of the animal kingdom because we are uh, a, a being with a higher order intelligence and uh, a, a deeper complexity of thought and a, a more complexified central nervous system and brain than the rest of the animal kingdom. Uh, where we can actually perform functions with our mind that other creatures and animals on this planet cannot. So what we're not talking about here, uh, I think it's good to start uh, defining something by saying what it is definitely not. We are definitely not talking about anything related with uh, any lower order animals. We're talking about human beings. So we're, we're referring to creatures like us that have the capacity for holistic intelligence, firstly. This means that we not only have the capacity for intellect, which is left brain and, uh, aspect of intelligence, but we also have capacity for um, you know, caring, nurturing, uh, the sacred feminine dynamic of uh, being able to feel uh, and not just respond at a purely instinctual level. Uh, so this is what we mean by a human being, not uh, just any other animal. Uh, it's very important to make that distinction when even making a working definition for hu what human nature is because uh, there's a huge movement of, of thought and people within it that insist that human beings are no different than the rest of the animal kingdom and we are just another animal. As a matter of fact, this is one of the uh, main, um, you know, uh, uh, ideologies uh, contained within satanic thought and satanic ideology. And that's something that has been very difficult for me to express and get across to people of what Satanism is. Part of Satanism, a big part of it, is thinking of humans as just like other animals. And therefore, we should emulate their behavior. We should act like them. We should do the same things in the same situations. And this is certainly not true and not the case and it is not something that we should aspire to and uh you know so <clears throat> when talking about the nature of human beings first off we have to very very clearly delineate that we are not talking about the rest of the animal kingdom we are only talking about beings again like us with the capacity for holistic intelligence and not beings that are based on purely instinctive behavior like almost all of the rest of the animal kingdom uh, number two, we're talking about the word nature. So let's give a basic definition of that. This is something that is inherent to creation. It is not man-made. It is not something that we really have a say over. It is something that exists. It's pre-existing. It's inherent to creation. Mankind did not create it that way or design it that way and cannot change it. It's something that is uh, uh, the... Uh, essential way that something is by its very existence. And 
really there's not much that you can do regarding that. You know, uh, the nature of fire is that it is very hot and it can burn things. That is simply its its essence and its defining characteristic. The nature of water is that it is wet, that, that it carries, uh, you know, other matter, that it can, uh, you know, clean things, et cetera, by carrying uh, particulate matter away from someplace that it is at. This is the basic nature of something like water. You can't do anything about that. It's the way that it is inherently in creation. So uh, we are talking about something when we're talking about nature that is the set characteristics of a thing and things that cannot be changed. They are not conditions that can be changed. They are the distinct inborn characteristics of a thing. So that's a good working definition for nature. So now that we have basic working definitions, uh, let's talk about what people often confuse as human nature. And again, the main distinction that we have to make here is the, the distinction between conditions and nature. Okay, so conditions are changeable. They are mutable. They can be changed. They can be influenced. They can vary from time to time. They can vary from with place. They can vary with circumstance. They can vary with environment. That's why they're called conditioned uh, conditions. We are conditioned by these things. Okay. We're, we don't refer to conditions as nature, right? So if you said, what is the condition of the weather right now? It may be raining in one place. It may be sunny in another place. It may be cloudy, but not raining in another place. That would not be defining of the nature of that place, it would simply be the weather conditions in that place, okay? The nature of the place is an, enti an entirely different thing. So we have to delineate between those two things first and foremost. A house has a certain nature. It is a dwelling. It is made to be a dwelling. Houses can come in all different conditions. Some of them can be beautiful and perfectly just about perfectly built and in great condition. Some of them can be dilapidated on the ver verge of collapse. Uh, they could be in squalorous conditions. And so we would refer to the condition of the house, not the nature of a house, okay? When we're talking about, oh, this place is a wreck. Not all houses are wrecks. Houses by their innate characteristics are not wrecks. That is the condition of a house. So again, this is going to come into play when we get into what human nature really is. Uh, and uh, again, hopefully dispel the, the myths about this, the, 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 the wrong thinking about it. Because uh, I have to say that when talking about this subject, this is probably either the most or the second most difficult thing to actually convey to other people and to get across into their mindset, in, into their worldview. See, see, human nature, the idea of it, actually influences worldview perhaps more than any other concept, perhaps more than any other thing that one can think of and consider. The thing that actually influences one's overarching worldview, perhaps more than anything else, is the concept of human nature. And it, I would say, like I said, it's probably either the most difficult thing to get across or the second most difficult thing. Uh, it's right up there, possibly tied with trying to convey what real Satanism is to people versus what 
Hollywood and the media and religion has told people that Satanism is. Unfortunately, they've distorted the reality and the, the uh, idea of what Satanism is in the real world to people to such an extent that it actually becomes a, a, a monstrous chore to try to override that mind control that is present in most people's brains regarding what Satanism is. And I would say right up there with that, uh, one of the most difficult things to dispel is people's erroneous, completely distorted and erroneous view of what human nature actually is versus what it really is. Because there is an answer to this question, by the way, for anybody listening and thinking, oh, well, there's no real answer to this. Who could truly know what the nature of the human being is? There actually is a correct answer. And it's very simple. If one logically thinks this process through, you can come to the correct answer of what human nature actually is. It's just um, most people haven't logically thought it through. They haven't applied the trivium process to answering this question. And they have a, again, a distorted notion of what it is because of what they've been told since pretty much the, the minute they were born by the world and everybody around them and all, all social institutions about what it is. And uh, then <clears throat> their mindset has been informed by many other factors in their lives, the things that they have experienced, people who they've talked to, etc. So, um, one of the things that we have to do right away is look at what people's existing idea of human nature is and why that is incorrect for the vast overwhelming majority of human beings. Um, uh, so if we just ask the question, uh, what do most people, if you ask most people the question, what is human nature? What are they going to tell you? And in general, people will fall on two sides of this dialectic because that's what it is. It's, it's a polarizing dialectic that gets people to pick two sides that are both wrong and never, never go into the, the very straight and narrow path that leads to the truth. And that's the problem is that people have been conditioned to go toward these dialectical approaches. So if you ask people the question, what do you think human nature is? Most people will side with one flip side of the coin of the dialectic or the other, and they will say, well, I think that human beings are generally good people. That is their nature. Their nature is one of goodness. Their nature is one of wanting to do that which is right. And uh, then perhaps they get um, you know, influenced over their lives and Things move in a different direction depending on what happens with them. But in general, their nature is that they are good. And then on the flip side of the coin, you have a lot of people that say the general nature of human beings is that they are just generally bad people. It's human nature to be lazy. It's human nature to be incompetent. It's human nature to be apathetic and uncaring. Uh, it's human nature to be selfish. Okay. And in all the other negative and bad qualities. And they'll say, that's just how a human being is. And they have to work really, really hard to try to take themselves out of that inherent condition of their nature. And I say that, and I'm correct, uh, that both of these things are completely wrong. They are 100% absolutely incorrect. The nature of a human being is not that it is right out of the womb. It is a good being. Neither is the nature of a human being that right out of the womb, it is a bad being and uh, you know wants to do harm, wants to be selfish, wants to be lazy, wants to be apathetic, wants to be uncaring, etc. Um, nor is a 
being, as soon as it comes out of the womb, a human being, a wonderful being, an angelic being, a godlike being. Um, you know, it doesn't come out being purely altruistic, helping people, wanting to educate people, wanting to help change the condition of the world for the better. Both of these things are absolute nonsense. And that's going to offend just about every human being on the planet. Most people do not want to hear that. They believe one side of the dialectic or the other, and they're all wrong, 100% incorrect. And get as offended about that as you like, because that's not the nature of a human being. Neither one of those sides is the nature of a human being. So I'll, I'll let you respond to that, and then I'll, I'll continue on with what is then the nature of the human being. But you know, uh, what, what what would you would you add on anything as an addendum to what I where I just went? Oh man, I mean, you hit on a lot there. I think you absolutely nailed it when it comes to like laying the foundation, explaining each of those terms. You know, we are we are animals, but we're not simply animals. That's one. That's, right. that's how I look at it. it. We have tendencies, we have characteristics of animals, but we have much more. We are spiritual conscious beings with a much greater capacity for thinking, rationality, as well as moral you know, conviction, moral um, agency is the word I was looking that's for. Right. So, you know, that's an incredibly uh, important distinction. And I love how you also distinguished between a nature of a thing and the condition of a thing. I mean, that right there really, you know, dials it in on this, you know, the, the two ways of looking at that uh, and right. where, where people often conflate the two is, and it's, it's, let's be fair, it's understandable why people tend to think, and of, of the two of the dialectic that you said, of, of human beings are, are good or human beings are bad, uh, I would say that more people tend to have a misanthropic viewpoint. Yes. And to be fair, uh, it's kind of understandable, right? Because a lot of people are walking around you know, uh, immoral beings acting like shitheads, you know, and, uh, that is kind of the, the, the majority state or condition, shall Correct. we say that, that people are in currently. So that's what they're seeing. And that's what they're basing this opinion on, but right. they're not understanding the fundamental nature of that's human right. beings to not only have different internal compositions as well as the a uh, random component of free will that even though it, like an animal we have instincts and programming we can also override that at any Sorry. time at any time we can choose to go against that or you know apply our consciousness to it and say well this is my impulse but is that really the best thing no other animal that we know of on this planet is capable of doing that so through an act of their own willpower, that's absolutely correct. Exactly. But perfectly said, actually. So, um, you know, think about it from this perspective. Here's another analogy. As you said, we have to understand and not conflate the difference between nature and a condition. So if 
if someone is observing computers, like I have a bunch of computers <laughs> in this room where I'm at right now, you know, I have one behind me, I have one sitting right over here, I have one sitting right over here. Mark, that one behind you, it looks kind of kind of shady. I don't know if I would trust it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the lighting conditions in the room are a little bit bright, so it's washed out, but the screen looks great in, if you're here in the room in person. But, uh, you know, picture if the only kind of computers that anybody had ever observed are ones that are in absolute disarray. They have viruses running on them. The software is all terrible. Nothing behaves as expected. The screens are cracked. The keyboard keys don't work. The mouse doesn't work right. And using it is an absolute nightmare. People might conclude that the nature, quote unquote, of computers is that they're really screwed up machines. Well, as you just said, this is what people have observed about the current human condition is that a lot of people are screwed up human beings and we're looking at that and then we're concluding that's the nature of human beings. Incorrect. That is the current condition of most human beings, just like a computer being a complete nightmarish mess is its current condition. It isn't how it came out of the box. Okay, if you have a blank hard drive on it that you could then format and put a file system on, then install an operating system that is in good working condition, and then you put software in and you set the settings right, and you put your files in it and you get it working just so, and it's working perfectly and it's in really good condition. Somebody looking at that is going to say, wow, that's a really efficient computer setup you have there. And that really does the, the workflow that you're using it to do very efficiently and effectively. That's a great computer. That's its current condition. It could be the same computer. And you just cleaned out all that mess of software. You, you got a new keyboard. You got a new, you got new input devices. You might have got a new screen. There's no crack in it anymore. And now you got it working just the way you like. That's a new condition. You've, you've restored it from a terrible condition to a great working condition. It's not the nature of the computer. What is the nature of the computer? The nature of the computer is it is a device that stores information that can do data transformations upon information, and then it could output information to different types of output devices. So you put information into it, you do transforms upon the information using the processor and hardware, and then you export or you output information so that you can make use of it in the real world. That's the nature of what a computer is. It is a device that can do those things. So the nature of a computer is that it is a programmable device that stores information, processes information, and can output information. Information can be input, processed, and output, and that's its nature. Its condition is wholly different from that. So now let's apply that to human beings. While we are not computers, we are a sort of a biological computer in many ways. The mind can act as a processing unit. Okay, we have a body that we can do things. We can, uh, you know, actually perform actions in the physical world. You could look at that as potentially doing output. Okay, and we have free will. We have the ability to choose the behaviors that we want to do. But unfortunately, or perhaps very fortunately, however you want to look at it, 
those behaviors are influenceable by our surroundings and by the information that comes into us from a variety of a myriad of sources. So what is then the nature of the human being? Well, in a similar way to a computer, but not saying that we are a computer, but in a similar sense, we are beings that can be programmed. We are programmable beings. And then information can be put into us. We can store it in the mind that will inform our worldview. And then we will try to process all of that data and make sense of it to the extent that we are able to. And then we're going to act in the world. We are going to perform behaviors in the world with and around and to other people. And then that behavior is going to be part of shared aggregate worldwide conditions all over the entire planet. So this is the nature of a human being. Just like a computer is a programmable device, takes data input, can process the data, then outputs data in a useful way, a human being and its nature is very similar. We are programmable beings through information, through what we hear, what we see, what we are told, what we read, etc. Things that we watch, behaviors that we observe. And then we process that through our, our mental state and our worldview. And that it informs our worldview, all that information that comes into us. And then we're going to use our free will to decide based upon that data input and processing, how are we going to behave in the world through our free will? What are we going to choose to enact in the world? And that's the output onto what I refer to as the screen of life, right? The screen of life is the shared aggregate reality that we all must live in, the field of consciousness and the resultant state of the world. That's the result that we get as a result of what we took in, how we processed it, and how we behaved. And then we get a result in the world. So the nature of a human being is that we are programmable beings. We, we are at the very base level of nature. We are consciousness itself. We are pure consciousness. We are pure spiritual beings experiencing the physical reality within the vehicle of the body. But that is a programmable experience. The experience itself is programmable through information that we take in. When we take in that information, then we act upon it. And then our behavioral quality is going to basically inform the behavioral aggregate quality of the world. That's called the human condition in a worldwide sense. Mm -hmm. Now, let's work backwards. If the current human condition is a bad condition, and it is, because the current human condition, as you very accurately stated earlier, is slavery. We are enslaved as a people. We are not free to exercise our natural law, inherent, inborn birthright rights, unrestrained from coercion, duress, and violence acted upon us if we choose to exercise those rights, and we are not even harming anybody else, 
we will still have coercion, duress, and violence done to us by many, 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 many other people who do not know what morality is, who do not know what rights are, who do not care what morality is, who do not care what rights are, or if they themselves are violating them by conducting violence upon other people. That is the current human condition. And that condition is called slavery. If you are not free to exercise your natural rights, you are an enslaved being. And human beings are enslaved beings. That is the condition of their experience in the aggregate on this planet. Whether anybody understands that or not is not even the point as of this discussion, because we're, we're making the topic in general tonight about human nature. Um, the current human condition, whether anyone agrees with it or not, is slavery. And if you don't agree that that's the current human condition, whoever's listening or watching, you're incorrect. And you need to look at the condition with a deeper sense of study. You have to see it from a, a much, much deeper level perspective than you've currently looked at it from. If you haven't come to that correct conclusion, you haven't studied it deeply enough or scholarly enough in a scholarly enough way and you have not applied the trivium process to what the current human condition is and you know get as offended about that as you as you like you're simply incorrect and you need to reevaluate your position and come to the correct conclusion because if you don't think that we're enslaved beings you're absolutely incorrect and there's just nothing else really to say about that except uh you haven't applied your actual intellectual and holistic in intelligence, your, your intellectual acumen and your holistic intelligence to come to the correct conclusion. So you need to work on those things like you would need to work on lifting weights or something like that. You know, when you go to a gym, uh, you're, you're not performing a peak performance and you need to do better. And that's that's all that can really be said from for people that don't understand that uh, you you simply do not understand it yet. But it doesn't mean that it isn't the truth. It means you are not currently at the current mental state to be able to accurately understand that the human condition is slavery. So that I'll leave that at that. Uh, going back to human nature, if the aggregate human condition is slavery, which is a horror of horrors. Uh, slavery could be said to be worse than death, you know, because if we are here and we have a birthright to exercise our free will, so long as we don't cause harm and injury to others, uh, you know, we don't initiate harm and injury to others, then the worst thing that could possibly happen is a being could be stripped of its free will and freedom. That is a fate worse than death. That is like the murder of the soul, you know, and people unfortunately don't see the loss of freedom that way. They, they somehow think it's good to have freedom curtailed in the name of safety. You know, uh, these are beings that are already largely spiritually dead. You know, they're spiritually completely already, uh, you know, encased in solid stone. You know, they're entombed. And they don't even understand that the, the death of freedom is the death of the soul. The death of potentiality that comes with freedom is the death of all creativity. It's, it's, the, it's the death of everything that can be good. No good can come of a being that is ultimately enslaved. 
You know, we have to be free to express goodness. We have to be free to express creativity. We have to be free to express any characteristics that one could say are reflections of creation. And uh, if we're not free to do that, that is uh, worse than a death sentence. And if people don't see it like that, again, they're simply incorrect. They have to come to the correct conclusion regarding how bad the human condition is, if it is slavery, and it is. Uh, that's a horrific condition. It's not just a bad one. It's the worst condition that can exist as part of an aggregate civilization of beings. Uh, okay. I would argue as well that um, even the 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 inability to choose wrong action is just as much slavery because that's a, a a necessary component of free will. If you can't make a wrong choice, then you're not free at all. And then sure. making the right choice has no meaning whatsoever because it's not coming from a place of actual conscience and consciousness. It's coming from, well, I, I have no other options or I'm just doing what I, I'm told or whatever. So exactly. as, as horrible as that might sound, we need to be free to make bad choices in order to truly be free because that's how we grow and evolve. That's what this school Correct. this university is all about that's you know that's the fundamental uh function there people have to be free to make mistakes and learn from their mistakes mm -hmm. if they're continuing to choose to harm others then the self-defense principle kicks into action and people have the right to stop them from doing that but uh to make a mistake is different than a continual choice of harming others i would agree we definitely have to be open uh, to being allowed to to make mistakes learn from mistakes correct our mistakes and change our behavior uh in the long term so go going back to the, the the human condition is one of slavery that's not our nature we're mm. not by our nature slaves we're not enslaved beings by our very nature okay by our very nature we are conditionable or programmable beings and the programmability of the being is what is ultimately going to long-term determine what the condition of that being ends up being so if we are programmed correctly meaning if we've taken in truth and we've worked with truth to formulate a worldview that is correct that is an accurate worldview of how things really are in nature and then we act upon that worldview and we our behaviors are then in alignment with objective morality such that we do not initiate harm to other sentient beings, we're acting in alignment with natural law, then the resultant condition is not going to be a horrific and bad condition. It's going to be an orderly condition. It's going to be a prosperous condition. It's going to be a condition that leads to happiness in general. It's going to be a condition that leads to freedom. And that's what we all say we want to see. We all say we want those conditions. Unfortunately, we don't have them right now because we're not collectively in the aggregate doing the things that are the requirements to do that lead to that condition. We are accepting the default programming. So think about it this way. If a program is written by a developer on a computer, let's say that computer back there, and I launch the application, I launch the program, and all of the settings are the way the developer wants it to work. This is actually one of the tenets in the How to Become the True Media seminar that I teach 
uh, once a year for six months out of the year. Uh, one of the main tenets is never accept the default settings. And this doesn't just apply to computers. This applies to life because the default settings or the default conditions are the ones we were born into. We were given these by our culture. We were given these by religion. We were given these by family. We were given these settings slash conditions by government. We were given these by worldly institutions, etc. And they're all garbage settings. They're all garbage settings on, on the program. The program can still do what we want it to do. We can make it do what we want it to do, but all the settings that it shipped with and that when you hit install, that it put by default in that, in that uh, little program that you're running is garbage. So we have to go into that software and we have to reprogram the settings of the software. We have to go in the settings or preferences, whatever they're called on any operating system. And you have to go in there and you got to untick certain boxes. Then you got to tick certain boxes. Then you have to move sliders in certain ways and you got to drop down menus and put things on different settings. And then when you got it just so, then you hit okay. And then the program runs and it does what you want it to do. But see, the problem is most of us are accepting the default settings, which is a no-no. That's one of the first tenets that I teach in, in when we get to using software is the default settings almost always suck. They're, they're from someone who isn't thinking like you. They're from someone who thinks that this is how you might like to use it and they're completely wrong. And they're only thinking it about it from their perspective. It's and this the, is generally how the world works. The death it's of the imagination. Exactly how, that's right. Most people's imagination is deadened. They accept things as they are without even taking any uh, responsibility on their ability, their power to change it, to, to have their own influence and their, use their imagination to, to work their magic. And they don't even make the delineation. They don't, they're not even discerning where things can't be changed and must be accepted versus what things absolutely can be changed and shouldn't be accepted the, the way that they are. See, this is part of the, the real prayer of serenity is about give me the grace to accept that which cannot be changed. It, it, and it's actually doesn't even use like give me. It's like, you know, it's about the the discernment mm. to understand that which cannot be changed. Those are natural laws. Natural laws cannot be changed. Know the difference. So the actual nature of things that cannot be changed is what we need to learn to accept and work within those boundary conditions. But then we have to know the difference of what can be changed and what shouldn't must be changed. What's our responsibility to change that we should never accept? We should never accept certain things. And if we learn the, the, the difference between those two things, that which we absolutely cannot change because it's part of nature and we have to accept those natural laws the way that they are and function within them for our optimum betterment, actually, versus the things that we should never accept and that we can change if we work hard enough to change. And then we have to put our free will into the act, into the behavior of making that change happen in the world, in the aggregate. So th this is the collective human condition right now is 
we're not doing those things. We're not changing those settings in, in the aggregate. Some of us are trying to do it. Some of us are trying to influence others to do it. But as a people, I don't think anybody can argue. We haven't made those changes yet collectively. We're, we're, we're doing poorly in the implementation of the changes that must be made because the condition is still slavery. So if the condition is still slavery collectively in the aggregate, what must be the conditions of the individuals largely within the society? It can't be good. The conditioning of the individuals has to be that they have received bad programming. So what happens when a computer system receives bad programming? If a developer starts writing code and they write all their code for the program and it's a mess and they did hardly anything right, they're going to hit compile. The, 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 the interpreter or you know uh, IDE, whatever, is going to compile the code. It's going to make an application. They're going to double click the application to run it and they're not going to get any of the results that they expect. They're going to put in... Uh, an image and say, let me crop this image here, and it crops the opposite side of the image instead of the side that they want to crop, right? So it's like they're going to get chaotic and random results because their coding was terrible, right? So they have to go in and debug, and eventually they can get the code to work right. If they change the inner conditions of the code, then what gets put out to the screen, which is life, is going to be different. This is why we have to change our inner software. The inner software that most of us are running is trashware. It is absolute nightmarish, bug-laden, virus-laden trashware, okay? That's the problem with most of humanity. It is not that humanity's nature is that we are trash. It is not that humanity's nature is that we are bad. It is not humanity's nature that we are simply dysfunctional. It is humanity's nature that we are programmable. So just like the computer programmer sitting there type clacking away at the keyboard and he doesn't really know what he's doing, then he hits compile. That's most people's software that they're running inside. It's just junk. It's junkware. But then who is capable of going in debugging? We, we got that junkware from our culture, from our religions, from our institutions, from the government, from the media, from our school system, from our parents, teachers, clergy, etc., from just about everybody around us. Who is capable of going in and saying, you know what, I, I'm looking at this source code and this is junk coding. Now I'm going to go in here, I'm going to clean it up, I'm going to recompile, I'm going to run a new program on the screen called life, and I'm going to make a difference for the better in the aggregate. Small though it may be, the aggregate will be changed by this much. And if I can influence other people to change in a for the better and help them to influence other people to change for the better, then maybe the aggregate will change this much. And if 100,000 can do it, maybe it'll change this much. And if a million can do it, it'll change that much. And then eventually we'll make the big aggregate change and the human condition will not be slavery anymore. See, that's, that's the problem is that we got to realize this is great news. This is not bad news, folks. The good news is we can all change our programming individually. We are not locked into a forced condition that is locked that way and must stay that way as a result of inherent nature. The creator did not make us this way. This is a conditioning process over long periods of time for the whole species and a lifetime for as long as most people have been alive, whatever their current age is, they've been programmed for that long. 
You know, I've been largely out of the programming. Uh, everybody's going to have some holdovers that they got to work on, that they got to exercise their free will to try to do better on. No one is perfect. I would never claim to be perfect either. So, you know, I've transcended the cultural programming and conditioning that has led people to support their own slavery. That I can say I've tra trans, uh, you know, completely transcended. The, you know, other work is personal work that has to be done. Am I perfect? In, in no way. You know, I, I uh, you know, struggle with rage sometimes, you know, by my own admission. Uh, I struggle with other people's inadequacies and, and their apathy. And it makes me so angry sometimes that it affects my functionality, uh, which is counterproductive. And I need to work on leveling that that angry uh, feeling to the extent that I can control it to get what I need to get done done and keep moving forward. It can be very challenging and difficult, though, by my own admission. I got to admit, you know, some days I'm better than others, you know, with that. So, again, we all can do work to improve our internal condition. And then as the, the better internal condition that we're optimized at, that we're working at, the better we're going to be influencing people in the world at large. And then we're going to accelerate the external condition to change. So that's how human nature actually works. Human nature is changeable. It's programmable through new information coming in. If you had bad information coming in and it, your, your internal software is all laden with bugs and it's not functioning properly and it's putting really bad output onto the screen through behavior and you're, you're doing a number on yourself and you're potentially even harming other people, that is a changeable condition. And that's the great news about it, that no one must stay the way that they are. Now, if you are apathetic, if you are currently ignorant, but that is also a condition that's changeable as well. Being apathetic is also a current condition, which is changeable. You can develop care. It is not someone's condition to be of someone's nature to be permanently apathetic. Apathy can be slowly transitioned into care if we work at it. It's all driven by willpower. Laziness is a condition. That's not one's nature. There are people who were lazy and were uh, gluttonous and became obese and uh, extremely, uh, you know, uh, sick as a result. And they used their willpower to change those conditions. They changed the way they thought about things. Their worldview changes. That informs the way that their energy level works, the way they're going to push themselves they could change their diet. That further increases their energy level. If they change their diet for the better, then they're losing weight. Then they can move more. And eventually they could work themselves into a healthy condition. We've seen this. You know, conversely, it can go the other way. A healthy person can get apathetic, lazy, eat a bad diet, start getting heavy, get sick, etc. So there's no one condition that we can say that's the way a person must be. We can work ourselves into a better condition. We can work ourselves into a worse condition. But, and both of those things are actually great news because who is it up to? 
It's not forced upon us permanently by some external force. It's actually in our hands. It's in our care. If we care enough about it to change it, we can perform the behaviors through our free will to change it. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just want to take a quick moment to offer you a special gift. It's the free initiation package download. This is a free download package that includes the toolbox mini course. I created this package to equip you with all of the essential tools you need for any type of energetic or magical practice for anyone serious about their spiritual development. It's comprised of three parts, the circle, the breath, and the voice, where you'll learn how to cast the circle of the magi various breathwork techniques, including a powerful guided breathwork meditation, rune galler, and more. You'll also get access to the inner sanctum, our private Facebook group and Discord server, as well as some Wizard Factory wallpapers for desktop and mobile, all for free. And for those who've already seen this course, I'm happy to announce that this is a brand new remake with better production and even more information. You can find the link to get yours in the description below. So check it out, and let's get back to the content. Yeah, man, got I got a lot I can I can riff on from that. What you were saying there was really profound when looking when I was thinking about applying this to a person. Even if you were to make a judgment about another person, you're a bad person, right? So and and they internalize that and that tends to perpetuate like this maybe something that they were told when they were a child you're bad right and then they're just like well yeah i'm, I'm just a piece of shit so this is just who i am and now i go around and hurt people so tell me something i don't know but even that is a condition that they themselves right. can change and that's that's exactly right that's the key takeaway here is that whatever judgment you're making is about their condition and if that person is being self-responsible, that's the first damn thing, first of all, because that's well, the thing. People don't want to they don't want to believe that people are not inherently bad because it takes it's their scapegoat. It takes their personal responsibility of, oh, this is just how things are. So I can't change it. I can't right. break from that mold. Right. The, the idea that this is just how things are can is actually in reality can only be applied to very few things. It's victim mindset. It's just like, oh, well, that's just how it is. So why bother, you know, fighting it? Right. And if you're trying right. to fight it, well, you're just a fool and you're wasting your time. And they'll try to stop you from actually creating yep. positive change in the world because they just yep. want to project their helplessness and disempowerment onto you as well. Because they don't the more the empowered you are. And the more you're actually creating change, the more it's highlighting that they're shirking that responsibility doing and doing right. absolutely zilch. Yeah. You don't want the responsibility that comes hand in hand with learning how this all works. Not with knowledge comes responsibility because knowledge is potential to power, potential to change reality. And that is done through information that we take in. Mm. And if we learn about how things really work versus how we've been told that they work, 
You know, these are the real laws of attraction. And what you were saying there, Logan, was so profound. I want to elaborate on that because, you know, I'll often tell people who are doing completely immoral things that, yeah, you're a bad person. But I have actually you said don't that have to thing. be. <laughs> That's right. You can change that condition. Don't feel That's bad. Just change it. Condition. It's not your nature. Right. Your nature is that not you're not a bad person. Your nature is, is not that you're a good person. You can become a good person. A good person can become a bad person, you know, if they just are become apathetic and lazy and weak and let themselves do that and lose their drive and their willpower, it's possible. Mm. It, it's harder to go from being a truly good person to being a bad person again once you become a truly good person. True, because it's, you have to rewind your consciousness. I've right. heard a quote once that said, once the mind is expanded by a new perspective, it can't re you know, it can't resume its uh previous dimensions it's much more difficult to go in that direction for sure right you know it's so, easy for a being that has no real information programmed into it to just stay along that path of being a generally bad lazy apathetic person right you but have again, to have that level of condition. ignorance you have to be ig ignoring it and then that's once right. you see it it's a lot harder to push that back out of your mind see i, I i've told people i just look at myself in the past I was a bad person. I'm, I'll be the first person to say mm. I was a bad person. Absolutely. Uh, there are people, uh, just about every human being who knows me now, would not have wanted to know me back then. They, they would not have wanted to know me or be around me. Okay. And, you know, I had to do an enormous amount of work and exert an enormous amount of effort to change my condition from being a bad person in a purely satanic mindset by my own admission. I call myself, I call what I was in the past a black-hearted Satanist. I was a black-hearted Satanist that really cared about nothing else but myself. And my worldview had to change to, to, for me to recognize I'm part of the problem of the world with that mindset. If someone has a purely selfish mindset, if someone is thinking me, 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 me all day, and all they think about is their own selfish concerns, they never think about anything outside themselves. What are you going to do to help the human condition not be slavery anymore? What are you going to help future generations of children who haven't even been born yet to live free instead of living an enslaved life. You know, these are the things that I wake up every day thinking about. You know, I'm not, I, I have to concern myself with my own daily living conditions and things that I have to do to keep, you know, order around me. And, you know, now I'm going to be moving. I'm going to have to be concerning myself with things like that. We all have things like that. These aren't the main things that I'm worried about during the course of the day. And I don't even want to use the word worry. They're not the main things that, that take the main focus of my thought energy. You know, I'm thinking, how could the world, how could life on this planet be improved? How could we get away from the control of the psychopaths who are currently running things? You know, how can we ensure that future generations are going to have their rights intact yeah, and live a life that they actually want to live? These are my, this is what my internal thoughts are, are occupied with during the course of a day. Not, oh, how could I, you know, uh, make the most money, get the most things, you know, just be happy and comfortable constantly. You know, this is not the purpose of life. Again, is not to just maximize your happiness. The purpose of life is to be free and to create. 
And then happiness will come and you'll have maximized It's a happiness. byproduct, not a goal, not a destination. Correct. Right. Correct. So, you know, um, when it comes to people understanding nature, right? And just think about the word nature, right? So I didn't talk about this in the working definition, but if you go to the etymological definition of nature, it comes from the ancient Egyptian slash Kemetian uh, nature. And that's transliterated into English as N-T-R. And the, the, uh, the vowels are generally removed. There's really no vowels in ancient Egyptian and the transliteration of it. So N-T-R was, was uh, depicted as a hieroglyph of a small flag that looks like a golf flag, right? Like, so picture like a little triangular flag, right? That was... Pronounced nature that that hieroglyph, and it means spirit or God, right? It means creator. That's what nature means in ancient Egyptian. So think about that, right? And and it, it it's depicted as a flag blowing in the wind because the wind is a force that you can't see with the eye, just like spirit is a force that you can't see with the eye. Okay, you know, very simple, uh, you know, uh, uh, idea in you know, hieroglyphic language to convey a force that one can't readily see with the eye. Mm. And th the word nature is based on the Egyptian nature. And just think about it. It literally means from God. It's because you're adding the, the suffix A-L. That's an ancient Sanskrit derived suffix that means of, related to, or, mm. uh, you know, directly you know, related with, uh, you know, taken in regard with, etc. This so, actually, there is no difference between creator and creation. They no, are one and the same. This is correct. one of the criticisms that I have for kind of Christian mentality is there's very much this distinction of God up on high and all, you know, all his creation below and everything is under his domain or whatever, but it's, it's one and the same. How could anything possibly be separated from that level of consciousness? Well, it's the you all. Know? You can't God be the separate all. Separate himself from that, right? Then you can't be the all if, God. yeah, is if it's not all, literally all, right. yeah. It really does require a more holistic and expanded worldview of of nature itself. This is what occultism is in general. It's a much wider worldview of how the forces of reality work and operate to then and and, and interoperate with our free will to then bring us the quality of our collective experience as a civilization of beings. I think that's why a lot of people have trouble with the, a concept such as this. Um, they struggle with holistic thinking. It's all about dialectics, left and right brain, functionality, uh, being, you know, religion like a, and atheism. Right, right. It's a, a big one. It's, it's all, you know, split right down the middle. Almost everything can be turned into a dialectic because almost everything has a polarity. It's a hermetic yes. principle, and they know this. And so by pushing, you know, balance is the key to almost everything. And so if if every single thing, you're imbalanced and you're pushed off to one side, every you, as we talked about before, your output is going to be chaotic because your programming is totally thwarted. You right. know, and to, I have a couple ideas to maybe kind of consolidate some of what we've covered so far sure. in terms of like, what is human nature? You, you talked about the trivium. That 
seems a lot closer to what human nature actually is because that is in itself it's based on natural law but it's not deterministic it's dependent on what you put into it right. that it what you know depends on what spits out the other side so it's like and then therefore as you know the law of correspondence it's it's as within that's the part that you're talking about cuz you know when you say making changes right meeting the conditions um you can make external changes and and change the environment change the conditions but if you're always working from the causal level like in terms of like the the realm of effects yes then you're always reacting rather than being proactive to be proactive you start from within because that's where everything generates from so if you change yourself internally at the conscious level then everything that comes out of that will be coming from that higher place instead of always scrambling to oh this is happening so now i got to you know it's like spinning plates and just doing all this you know circus act kind of thing the inward level and the mental level is the level of causality it is the foundational level of reality if we're not operating from there we are putting bandages on self-inflicted wounds as i always say uh, we are rearranging the furniture on the deck of the titanic a sinking ship where it doesn't matter what you're moving around at that level you know and as you said that's the level most people are always reacting about they're reacting about that 3d already existing already manifested level of effects those are the effects that have resulted because of their underlying causal factors you can't change anything from that level that level is un unchangeable it's actually the past you're, you're viewing what was caused by eventualities of the past and what you have to do is start at the present moment and change the causal factors become the causal factor become become the causal factor exactly it's a it's no. an extension of that disempowered mindset of everything's Correct. all happening out here so i've got to go and i've got to you know protest over here and i got to do That's this right. and that instead of starting from within and seeing everything as an extension of the internal imagine someone trying to scream at a running film to to do something different than it's doing right think of the insanity of that right because the film was already shot on camera and it was already pressed to film and it's running in the projector already if you want to make any changes to the film you have to go back and reshoot and then repress the film and put the new film on the projector going back and reshooting is the causal factor that that's at the working at the level of causality right if you're working at the realm of effects you're screaming at the projector you're screaming at the screen you're saying change film change film you have to go back in and reshoot or you're getting mad at the projectionist upstairs for yeah. for yeah. the the movie that's playing out yeah, or how exactly. how things are playing out man that's mass insanity that is that is the utmost definition of insanity you know and this is what we expect to happen collectively as a people we, we want to say we want external change to happen but we don't want to do the internal work of changing ourselves and the way we think and ultimately what we think led to the current conditions 
the way that we think led to the current conditions. And we want to say, we want to keep thinking this way, but we want the external conditions to change. We are our thoughts and behavior, as Logan just said, are the causal factors. Unless you change the thoughts that lead to the change in behaviors, that lead to the change in resultant conditions, mm -hmm. nothing is capable of changing. Yeah. It all starts with you because you are the dome. You're the king of your kingdom. Like the out there is secondary to the control and authority that you have over yourself. And there's, you Correct. can, you can perpetuate so much more impactful change through that, through direct action of yourself. And that's part of what sovereignty means. It's stepping into your own internalized power. Mm. I'm not asking for politicians to change the world for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm helping to change the world by changing my thoughts first and foremost, changing my behavior. And then sharing that horizontally. Then you got to put that out there for other people. Right. That's that, and that's that trivium process again, right? It all comes back to the trivium process. And uh, as you just said, rightly so, that is the nature of the being. Again, think about it. It all is about information and, and it starts with the grammar, what you take in, right? That's alchemically is referred to as prima materia, first matter, first things. Well, what has to be first things? principles and then we're, we're going right back into the breakdown of language principles is from the, the the noun principia in latin which means first or most important things we have to put first things first we have to put principles first if principles don't underlie our thoughts and behavior there is no way we can positively affect change in the future we are not changing the things that are requirements for change which is the way we think about about reality, the way we have to put principles, first things first. Mm. We have to understand moral principles. Moral we principles. have to understand how objective morality underlies the essential essence of the 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 manifested reality. If it's if our actions aren't based on objective morality, we can never have a positive outcome in manifested reality. It's not possible. And if you're constantly dropping your principles every time it suits you best, they ain't your principles because they don't come first. They don't it. take precedence and priority over right. everything else. If you abandon them because of somebody dangling a carrot before you that you want or somebody threatening you with discomfort that you don't want, as you said, they're not principles. You know, if we don't understand principles and morality are what generate freedom, that's it. The, the, the law of freedom is aggregate freedom is determined by aggregate quality of morality, of moral behavior. That's it. As Morality in a whole civilization of beings increases and they're living in a moral capacity and they're not initiating harm to others, that society is going to be free. In the aggregate, the more beings that live an immoral lifestyle and condone immoral behavior, that society is going to be enslaved. As morality increases, freedom increases, and as morality declines, freedom declines. They are directly proportional to each other. That's a natural law, um, which kind of circles back to uh, some more points that I wanted to share in terms of what, what I would propose is could define human nature is simply psychology. 
right? Because think about the study of psychology. There's nothing about psychology that says humans are bad or humans are good. It's more of this is what's healthy and this is some, you know, behavioral outcomes or or almost like a flow chart of what it, when things go awry in the mind. There you go. We're talking about programming, the, the right. mental state. So uh, it's the natural law of the mind. And it's, it's the thing that we collectively don't have a freaking clue about. And that's why we're getting our asses kicked because they do and they're exploiting human nature. That's right. They and have that why, understanding and we don't. Correct. And they're leveraging it as a power play. They are, they are, they are translating the knowledge differential of all the knowledge that they have about human psychology and how the human psyche works and uh, all of its drives and motivations and fears and uh, how the subconscious mind works, et cetera. And they're leveraging all of that to translate it to a power differential. Knowledge differentials translate to power differentials in the world. And this is why I try to explain to people that that's what occultism is, especially dark occultism is using that knowledge for uh, leverage to then exploit and manipulate and ultimately to control and enslave. Uh, but it's all the same knowledge base. Positive occultism, light occultism, however you want to word it or look at it, is all looking at the same knowledge. This is why I, I tell people that occultism is just, you have to just look at it as very ancient psychology. It's very ancient psychological knowledge that has been held in a small handful of people's uh, possession since time immemorial. And they've been very uh, loath to share that knowledge base because that would level the playing field uh, of humanity and they would not be in positions to be able to manipulate things to their own ends. That's why they don't want a lot of people understanding occultism. And uh, it is rightly uh, called ancient psychological knowledge that has been held for centuries in the hands of you know, the, the power elites of the world. And we have to take that out of hiding and put it into the world at large so that people can uh, get that knowledge into themselves and then level the playing field as a result. And there won't be a power differential if we can you know, uh, lessen that knowledge differential. Um, the other thing is that uh, psychology is the study of how the mind works in any direction. It, it, it could you could look at the positive aspects, the negative aspects it takes in the totality of it. So that's the occult. Philosophy is one of the main things that can actually improve people and solve problems. So this is the positive aspect of psychological knowledge when you're taking in the things that can actually improve and help the being to grow and help the being to learn, grow, expand in consciousness, mm. and ultimately fulfill the requirements that are for its optimum betterment and for the whole society's optimum betterment. That's why I say to people, there's only really two things that ever solve any human problem that, that is part of the, the human condition. If you identify a problem within the human condition, the only real way of solving that problem is twofold, okay? Philosophy and technology. And that's why technology has to be a subset of the solution. 
The solution always is a spiritual and a philosophical solution. We're going, it's a spiritual solution ultimately at the highest level. And you're using philosophy to solve that spiritual problem. It's one of the tool sets. The sub tool of that underneath it is technology because this is what helps to connect people who are in various different places in the world. Communication and publishing in the modern day is done through technology. And this was no different in the ancient world. Folks, when people hear the word technology, they think of modern technology. I'm not talking about just modern technology. It's just tools, uh, whatever tools, tools are most useful at that time. Technology literally means tools of the hand, literally translated out of the ancient Greek. Okay. It means ways of changing reality that we can do as an extension of our hand. That's literally what the word means. So think about the ancient technology for reaching other people's minds. It was uh, a, a pen and parchment. parchment. Yeah. That's it. And they got they copied those as, as many as possible and they d distributed them to other cities to the extent that they were able. That They did what they had at their disposal to do. When the printing press came along, it the enlightenment happened. <laughs> Let's face it. You know, when the ability to have any mobile books came along, forget it. That was it. You know, that's when ideas really started to spread. And now we have the greatest opportunity in human history, which is the Internet, because we could spread ideas at the speed of light all around the planet instantaneously, copy it, make make uh, put, put it on blockchain technology now to make it uncensorable, you know, with new Web3 uh, distributed technologies coming out. Uh, we have the, a golden opportunity to uh, enlighten humanity now. I mean, it, it, we're, we could be on the verge of a new enlightenment slash renaissance. We could be on the verge of a new dark ages. It depends on human willpower and what we're going to do with the tools at our disposal. Depends on human nature, I guess, huh? <laughs> you know, it's so depends interesting. On, depends that on how we recondition ourselves. It's so interesting that you brought up technology there because I was actually uh, going to make this point as well is in the same way that human beings are, are neutral, so is a tool, which is technology, one Correct. and the same. So you don't, you know, what is the nature of a gun? Is our guns evil? Is a hammer evil, right? No, it's it's up to how they're used. Well, it's how you're using your consciousness that determines if you're good or bad. It's it's sure. the exact same thing. You can't say that, you know, you know, there's a certain kind of nature to the outcome of a tool. No one would look at a glass mug and say that's evil. No one <laughs> right. would look at a glass mug and say that's angelic. It's a tool for holding liquid. <laughs> uh, I could I could put some good uh, juice or good. I just had a nice uh, infusion of uh, lemon and ginger and some water. Uh, you know uh, I, that could be something that you give to somebody. But you could use it to up. to put you know like blood poison. that you just drink you know and drink you from somebody, somebody you just poison. killed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the tool is just that. It's a tool. It holds something. That's its nature. What you do with it is determined by consciousness. And That's we're it. all just tools too. So right. <laughs> some people act like it more than others, but yeah. <laughs> But again, it, it's a very important thing to keep in mind is that you, you have to delineate between the nature of the thing itself versus how it's used. You know, so many people are like Luddites and they're, they're afraid of technology. And it's like they think it's all bad 
or, or it's all something that is uh, should, we should remove from our lives. I'm like, well, if you think all technology is bad, you better stop wearing clothes. Those shoes are technology. So you better you throw all chairs away. As a matter of fact, throw all flooring away. Oh, everything is a away. tool. Their technology. Right. It's See, like everything that is made or fabricated is a technology. Yeah. You know? I'm thinking of um, uh, 2001, a space odyssey, that moment when the ape, you know, picks up the bone it, it, yep. it, that, it, you know, because it, it can be that rudimentary. A rock technology. is sure a rock is just a rock, but you could use it to, you know, crush and smash open a coconut. That's right. It, it, now it's a tool magically. That was the first Anything, technology. If it's right. it's and, it's and a means to what, an end. That's what um, Kubrick was saying in that film. Right. The birth of technology is what's going to eventually be able to transform humanity into the star child if we use it wisely, you know. And, you know, it's not to say we need to become, you know, total a total technocratic, uh, you know, technology-driven civilization. Technology can help to transform the mind. You know, if you ask people how they were, quote, awakened, if they consider themselves awake, if they consider themselves very aware to what's going on, they're going to tell you that they discovered it by watching things on the mm -hmm. Internet. That's how they're going to tell you that they discovered what they know. They're not going to tell you that they participated in a discussion with handwritten letters. Let's face it. There's got to be a, like a, a parabolic uh, you know, if you found a chart of, of how people kind of first got red pilled and, yep. and then you look at like my aunt, for example, who is kind of OG, you you definitely be in there like from just reading books or, or uh, radio or newspapers or things like that. Now it's so uh, readily available, but only if you're only if you're looking for it or if you're open to at least receiving it too that's right because that's the that's thing right. is like we have the technology nowadays it's like we're so well developed in the in the left brain aspects of technology and you know mathematics and all these very kind of left brain aspects but at the expense of the right brain you know the care the compassion the you know the humanity the uh, community right the family those kind of things it's like well what good is it if you've got all this advancement that's right but you're, you're using you're it, putting it to use and that's exactly yeah. how you get machines like just like in the matrix a machine without a heart is is just going to enslave everything because it doesn't yep. value life it's all about the outcome of of like just control i show people what i do with my computers and they cannot believe how different <laughs> the way that i utilize technology versus what they're doing with them they're playing games they're having <laughs> nonsense conversations and going on tiktok and yeah. instagram Cat videos <laughs> oh just endlessly and uh, hey guess what there's i have no problem with some entertainment right. lighthearted entertainment keeps you you know somewhat you know uh flexible and not 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 stressing out that that's that's wonderful okay you know i i'll throw on an uh, an entertaining show at night after i'm done my work there's no problem with that i'm not going to begrudge someone some downtime and and enjoy some uh, some uh, lighthearted ent entertainment. Great, but if that's the main thing you're doing with technology, that's the main thing you're going to do with a computer system or even with your phone. You know, uh, the problem is people don't know how to use technology to publish and communicate information. 
to help transform other people's minds. You know, this is why I teach a technology seminar. You know, this is all about spirituality. This is all about objective morality and natural law and changing the the, the inner qualities of the being so that we can be the best version of, of ourselves possible, you know, and help others to become the best version of themselves. But, you know, we have to realize technology is going to be an important part of that. And you just got to kind of accept that. Like it's, you, you're not going to reach people with pen and paper. You're not going to reach people just with the sound of your voice. You, you have to amplify, you know, what you can write down or what you can speak or what you can d d portray in imagery. And the amplification system is the internet. I mean, let's face it. That is the medium of transference for this information, the data that we're talking about, the prima materia that is capable of changing the human soul at large is going to be communicated through this vehicle, through this medium that's the worldwide network of computers that we call the internet. That's where people are going to learn this. It's not going to be on, you know, the revolution's not going to be televised. That's true. You know, that they control that media. They control that system. That's theirs, right? This one is not theirs fully. They're trying to make it fully theirs, but it's not fully theirs. Okay, it, it it's 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 a it's a uh, a playing field that everyone can get in on. And yeah, the big tech is trying to limit your your scope in there, but there are ways of subverting that. There's ways of doing end runs around that. There's ways of setting up your own systems. Uh, I'm very happy to report. I'll report for the very first time uh, today uh, here on this show is. Uh, uh, the very first what on earth is happening IPFS node is online. We have a full node. Yeah. Yeah. So we outstanding. Have one. Uh, my goal is five for this year, and I'm going to get five up if it kills me. But uh, one is up and running. So uh, very happy about that. Uh, that that makes the information immortalized, basically. So um, mm. you know, uh, I'm going to be working on uh, you know several more over the next few weeks, hopefully, um, and uh, getting them online. Uh, and the more redundancy you have, the better in a distributed system. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll make things easier to upload and download with that content. So uh, you know, I'm really happy about that. But you know, the whole point here is you people should use their willpower to learn the technology to the extent that they need it to publish their information out to the world. You have to speak with your voice. You have to put information back out for others. You have to pay it forward. You can't just say, I learned that, so I'm okay. You have to say, I learned that. Now, how many people still don't know that? And that's the problem. This is the whole problem with the world is the continued level of ignorance that exists and that this information is not common common sense knowledge as of yet our goal as awake and aware people need to needs to be to put that information in front of other people's awareness in mm. front of their attention and if they're ready for it if they want to receive it they're going to take it in because it's going to be readily available and we have to make it available that's what becoming a content creator a publisher somebody who uh you know helps to host content helps to, uh, you know, uh, uh, magnify uh, content out onto the internet in any capacity that we can get involved. That's what we need to do. Mm. Because if we're not acting in that capacity, we're just sitting back and letting the mainstream media tell everybody what, the, what worldview they want them to accept right. and believe. And we're making their jobs easier for them. Right. It's all about that reality TV, right? 
Yeah. Uh, so some of the junk that's on television, I go in ugh. family members' houses and I have to walk out. I cannot, yeah. I cannot even believe what they're allowing into their mind. It's true. It's it's astounding how toxic is you know is is just normalized it, it, on every level. Like sometimes yeah. I'll walk through a building and there's so much like air freshener in the air. I can if oh. I, I feel like I'm being bug bombed. I'm like I start choking and people are just like, "Oh, it's nice." I know this is not the main topic of discussion that we chose <laughs> for tonight, but I want to say something about that because it's so profound. Um, I'm actually dealing with some congestion right now, as you hear, and that is because of bombardment of the olfactory senses through perfumes and scents and artificial fragrances. And these are some of the most toxic substances mm -hmm. imaginable. And I've been unfortunately exposed to them over the last couple of days. Uh, not going to go into the story, but uh, you got to realize there are toxic phthalates and parabens and some of the most nasty chemical compounds that do all kinds of damage to, to the nervous system, to the brain, to the heart. It, they're, they're like some of the leading causes. These chemicals are some of the leading causes of all cause human mortality in the world. And people have to realize if there is an artificial fragrance in anything that you use, that is a toxic chemical compound. It is a poison. Mm -hmm. And you should not be breathing it in, putting it on your skin, et cetera. I could go on for weeks about that stuff. I know that's not the main topic, but since you brought it up, I mean, it's just, I, I felt it kind of explains that I've been, you know, sniffing a little bit. I was actually much worse the last two days, feeling a lot better today. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I got exposed to some of that stuff. It's one of the things, it's a big, uh, uh, it's a big um pet peeve of mine is uh yeah. you know horrible artificial scents that are you, you can't yeah. get away from i hate when people will just pull out a can of febreze like like yep. say somebody passed gas or something they're yep. just like it, it's almost i mean i experience it as almost assault because they're yep. so ignorant of what they're doing and i yep. i literally have no choice but to breathe it in i'm like i hear this is me off <laughs> well uh man what a fantastic conversation this was uh mark if there's anything you want to to add to kind of wrap this up and then you can tell tell the viewers you know what you're up to where they can you know go find more of your work sure well i would say um you know if you're new to this material definitely visit my website what on earth is happening.com and uh, check out my podcast section i would start at number one uh, and move your way forward at your own pace. Don't skip around. It's a linear progression of knowledge, and therefore newer episodes have prerequisite knowledge that you have to get from the earlier episodes. A lot of people disagree with that and fight me about that and say, oh, no, I could listen from the newer ones. Maybe if you're already pretty aware and you've gotten a lot of information from other sources. But if you're new to this type of information, you want to start at number one of my podcast and go forward in order. And that will open up your, your whole worldview a little at a time. And uh, there's a lot of uh, material linked with that, books, images, etc. Uh, and what I would say, my appeal to people is it's not just about becoming knowledgeable. It's about actually doing something yourself to contribute your voice. Because again, the universe is spoken into creation. Part of our nature is that we are programmable and our behaviors are going to be informed by information. So if we then put that information out to others, we help with their reprogrammability. 
If we don't put that information out there, there to others, the reprogramming of the masses becomes a much, much more difficult chore. So if you want to see real freedom manifest, you're not going to sit back and say, that's somebody else's job. It's not just Logan's job. It's not just Mark's job. It's everybody's job. We are not here to say, you clean that up for me. We're here to say, let's clean this all up together. It, it wasn't made by any one individual here alive today. It's been an ongoing project since human beings have existed on this planet. The human condition has been worked into this condition. But it doesn't mean that we have to take forever to work it out of this condition. As Logan said earlier, it can change in a heartbeat. It can change almost instantaneously. It's a choice away. It's a, it's a function of the human mind and heart. That's all it is. It's a function of our free will. It's a function of what do we want to see happen? Do we understand the requirements? Are we going to do what's necessary to fulfill those requirements? And it doesn't have to be a thousand year process or a hundred year process. It can happen very quickly if we choose it. If we choose that and then enact that behavior and bring our, our mindset and our behavior into alignment with natural law, we can change things very, very, very quickly on this planet. That's the good news. So my, my charge to people is don't sit passively on the sidelines. Get involved yourself, use your voice to express the truth, put it out into the world, and then share it publicly with people. Share it on this wonderful medium that we have for information, uh, transference, and retrieval called the internet, because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that we may not have forever. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't wait for orders from headquarters. No, there, there is no headquarters. No one's in charge. Do it. Put it out there yourself. And, you know, just have confidence in your own ability to reach other people and you'll do it. And that's that's my charge to people. And uh, Logan, I want to say thank you so much for the invite on to the Wizard Factory. And uh, I love the work that you've been doing as part of One Great Work Network. Uh, definitely keep it up. And, uh, you know, uh, people can, again, visit my work at whatonearthishappening.com. I also have a big seminar coming up at, uh, in the fall. We've locked it in. Uh, September 30th, it's going to be in Heightstown, New Jersey at the Heightstown Firehouse. There's going to be limited seating available. This is going to be my big seminar for the year. It's called Two Masks, Same Face, The Dark Occult Origins of Nazism and Communism, where I'm going to, it's, I'm going to lay out, it's going to be a huge thesis that I'm going to lay out on the occult origins of some of the worst totalitarian regimes that have ever existed and still persist to this day, actually. And um, that's coming up September 30th, Heightstown, New Jersey. Uh, keep following what on earth is happening. Uh, and I'll you know, let people know when uh, invites uh, will become available. It's going to be limited availability on invites in person because we only have room for 200 in the building where it's going to be held. So uh, check uh, what on earth is happening for, you know, when we uh, go public with the, uh, with the invites and how we're going to work the donations for that. So Logan, thank you once again. Uh, you know, um, I really, really uh, appreciate everything you've done and uh, pleasure to be here today on, on the Wizard Factory. Thank you, Mark. Um, and thank you as well for, for all the work that you've put out and all the people you've helped. You know, you're really doing such a great thing. And um, definitely everyone, I encourage check out his work. Also, if you're interested in, in creating content or getting involved, Mark has the Becoming the True Media class, which I myself have taken. And even as a, 
what I would say intermediate per, uh, person uh, was still just mind blowing and took me, you know, I had such a more holistic understanding of, of all and all the pieces and how everything works together. But especially if you're just starting out and I know, trust me, it can be so overwhelming of all the different skills that you have to kind of weave together to do this kind of thing. But going through that class will, will dispel so much of that overwhelm and fear and you'll you'll surprise yourself at like what you can actually learn and and start to do you know um so highly recommend that so Logan, thank you so much for that that's just a wonderful testimonial there i really appreciate that yeah absolutely i mean it so uh thank you thank you everyone for watching this episode this was such a, a fun and enlightening uh conversation i thought so i hope everyone enjoyed if you did of course give the video a like help more people see it you know tell youtube f you you know we care about freedom let's push this out right uh subscribe down below and hit that bell notification i'm actually going to be starting uh, my own live show weekly coming up here very soon so you'll want to have that bell on so that you get notified when you're live and you can come interact with the chats and everything like that pretty excited about that but thank you all so much for watching and i'll see you in the next episode but until then be empowered inspired and encouraged